Welcome to Let It Grow Investing, the financial investing and small business podcast that is not run by a professional investor. I am Jeff, and thank you for stopping by. We're going to cover all the news you need to know to make sense of the market, helping you get invested, stay the course, and on your way to financial freedom. Hey, what's going on, everyone? And welcome back into the podcast here. So, um, thank you as always for being here, first off. And then uh, also, I just wanted to remind everyone I am not a professional investor. Uh, and the reason of this podcast is simply because um, I saw a lot of people making some some crazy moves with their money. Uh, and I kind of always thought, you know, maybe we can, you know, guide people in a different way. And uh, we can, you know, kind of share some different information. So, if you've got something that you want to see covered, you got questions, feel free to ask uh, either on the Let It Grow Investing group on Facebook, or you can message me right through Spotify. But um, yeah, that's pretty much why I'm here. I want to talk stocks. I want to talk investments, uh, maybe kind of demystify some of the confusion that you might have with uh, you know starting or you know buying something or how to do it or when to sell, all those fun questions, and, and really how we can navigate the market and uh, come out you know, stronger on the other side. So that is, uh, in a nutshell, why I'm here. You know, we don't really talk uh, too much politics. It's not too much about, uh, you know, how much you have invested. It's really about starting, getting going, and ultimately trying to get that to that path of uh, financial freedom that we're all really trying to get for. I'm, I'm included in that. So um, where are we? We've got uh, a lot of earnings coming in. We've got uh, some bank earnings. We are going to be looking at Goldman. We're going to be looking at Bank of America. We've got uh, Netflix numbers out. We've got some Tesla numbers that are uh, top of mind here on Wednesday. Uh, we're going to be seeing all of what's going on out there, what kind of chess moves Elon Musk is making, and ultimately what that could mean for, well, Tesla and everyone else in that EV space. But uh, yeah, first up, uh, I did want to cover Goldman a little bit more in depth. We uh, We definitely saw uh, Goldman come out with a not as great report. Um, I, I guess that's kind of kind of understood, right? They are a bank, but they are going to be more in that investment banking, more in the IPOs, mergers and acquisitions. They do a lot of that funding, getting things together, putting together those deals, backing those with uh, you know capital. And uh, this is not the market for uh, IPOs, not the market for M and A. And it's really uh, not the best spot for them. So um, let's take a look at the five-day on uh, on Goldman here. And uh, they are up about half a percent today. It's sitting at 335. But um, on the 18th, when that news came out, we did drop down to about 328.75. So they did trade down. They were uh, closer to 340 on uh, the 17th. And yeah, we came down. We're we're moving up a little bit from here. We still got a PE at eleven, and uh, they're they're making some different moves. They are doing some layoffs. They're kind of cutting back costs. They're doing some uh, some different things here that I think set them up for greener pastures. Right? We've got uh, um, you know, like I said, not the greatest of years, not the best environment for a company like Goldman. But uh, when the you know the the economy gets back to rolling up and we've got uh, a lot of these IPOs that are kind of pent up demand for these new uh issues new shares coming out we're going to see Goldman really uh you know kind of firing on all cylinders so the fact that they're making these moves now 
Uh, I think they had a a revenue. Let me let me take a look here. I want to get this one right. It was a EPS beat at uh, eight dollars and seventy nine cents at on expectations of eight oh six and revenue of twelve point two two billion, missing expectations of twelve point six. So earnings were strong, revenue was light, but uh, they reduced their headcount by six percent during quarter one compared to the end of 2022. And uh, I think that uh, when we start going forward, we can actually see these revenue numbers increasing. It's just that right now it's a tough time for them. So they're they're cutting back where they need to. Uh, you know, some numbers are light, but I do believe that they are managing it well. Uh, so going forward, uh, I definitely think that this one should move up nicely when the time is right for Goldman. I think that the downside potential is limited, in my humble opinion. You know, don't don't bet on that. But uh, uh, we got 14 analysts saying we've got about 22% upside from here. Uh, Oppenheimer, Jeffries, KBW, Morgan Stanley, uh, RBC all issued uh, guidance. Uh, what is that? Is that today? Yeah, it was today. So we've got uh, three buy ratings between 400 and 437 and uh, a hold rating from Morgan Stanley at 337 and a hold from RBC at 375. So um I think that downside potential is really limited from here. And uh, there is a modest you know, gain to be had going forward. So on any kind of weakness here, I could see adding to Goldman. Um, that isn't you know, one of the, the ones that I have been buying. The, the next one that I actually was buying was Bank of America. And they did come out with earnings. They beat on EPS uh, 94 cents, beating expectations of 83 cents. Uh, revenue of 26.3 billion, beating expectations of 25.28 billion. Uh, and they did have a uh, record number of total deposits of 1.91 trillion, trillion with a T. And uh, that was on expectations of 1.88. So a lot of those banks, like I was saying, when, when Silicon Valley, when Signature, all these problems were happening. Everyone was moving out of these smaller regional banks and going into these tier one banks. And, you know, I don't want to say, you know, oh, my gosh, I was right. But, um, you know, I was investing in this one when it was at that low and uh, for a lot of different reasons. Right. I knew that money was coming into Bank of America. I knew that um, we had massive amounts of other banks going through a lot of pain. But I also didn't think that uh, you know Bank of America was all of a sudden going to collapse, and if it did, we really had bigger problems out there than the little bit of stock that I bought into Bank of America. So um, I think those fears were overblown. I said that before. I continue to say that. I still think that uh, Bank of America could be a solid purchase from here. Uh, we are sitting at thirty dollars and eight cents on the. On the five day, I think we did have a really nice spike, and then ultimately the the market kind of took some of it back. But uh, yeah, we had um, a spike up to about. Uh, I can't even see it on this chart. It's just showing me volume when I want to see the price. But I want to say it was around thirty one, uh, thirty two dollars that we did get up to on Bank of America, and uh, definitely did pull back from that. But uh, you know, I didn't expect this one to run overnight, but I did think that we could, you know, buy it right in that $26, $27 price range and make a quick, you know, 
10, 15, 20% on a name like Bank of America. This is going to be a long-term hold for me. I wanted to add to this when it was at a discount. Uh, we've seen this before, and uh, I was never in the camp of selling these tier one banks. Uh, all my banking positions stayed where they were. I did not panic and sell these, which I know a lot of people were doing. Um, but I, that's not really my lane. I really wanted to have high conviction in the names that I hold. And um, there was no telltale signs for me that these were going to be in uh, any kind of real threat of uh, a banking collapse or a banking run as more money was coming in than was going out in these tier one banks. So uh, again, I don't want to see anyone panic when we get some news like this. We really have to take a look at the stock that we hold and uh, understand that things like this do happen. I said before, you know, there was a, a hurricane a few years back and uh, I was watching the news and seeing which ones, which stocks got punished, right? It was going to be the insurance companies that were going to have to pay out massively for uh, repairs and uh, problems with homes and, and damaged property. But uh, the companies that really spiked before the even the hurricane even hit land was going to be, uh, you know, Home Depot, Lowe's, lumber suppliers, uh, rental um companies that provided equipment uh, in order to fix these properties and generators, things like that. Uh, those companies were already moving up while insurance companies were already moving down. The, the market tries to predict what is going to happen once this thing uh, actually makes landfall. So uh, again, you can kind of play these trends. And I, I kind of saw this in Bank of America that um, it was kind of unjustly being punished for the actions of some other operators. And uh, that is definitely something that we need to be uh, aware of and understand that, uh, you know, there is money to be made during different events. And when there is a bank run at these small regional banks, someone has to benefit from it. So um, that was kind of my point as I was buying Bank of America. If you were buying the bank stocks, I, I, I saw a lot of people voting for Capital One. I saw a lot of people voting for Bank of America. We did add uh, a couple different banks to our investing challenge portfolio. So if you're not voting on that, uh, please get over there to Let It Grow Investing on Facebook. There is a link in the description to uh, to get your votes in. And uh, I really want to see more interaction there. So I, I definitely thank you guys for voting. Uh, I think those that were voting on the banks, I think you did make a good call. Uh, let's see here. We did actually buy Capital One Financial on, on uh, Monday. And uh, that one has actually moved up nicely as well. We are up about 2% on Capital One Financial uh, just today alone. And when I go over to Webull, uh, I got to sign in on my phone here. Let's see what we've got going on on the uh, the Capital One Financial. Where did we even buy it? Uh, I think we were, I think we're pretty close here. We, we I don't know that we really made a killing on this so far, but uh, let's take a look. We've got uh, Capital One Financial. Our cost basis was actually $96.73. So we are up to $99.47. So we made uh, about $3 per share, which doesn't sound like much, but this is a small $200 investment. And uh, you know, I, I do think that it shows us that um, there is going to be some strength coming into some of these larger banks. Uh, this one's got a PE that's very low still at 5.48. We're still getting about a 2.5% dividend. And uh, like I said, I did think that a lot of these problems were really overblown. And uh, that was a good time to, uh, you know, really scoop up some shares on the cheap and kind of bolster our portfolio. I still think that a lot of these banks could be uh, 
good purchases with a low PEs and a lot of fear out there. Uh, it just depends on which one you are looking to buy. But uh, yeah, we also had uh, Johnson & Johnson come out. They reported earnings. We had EPS of 268 beating expectations of $2.50. Uh, revenue of $24.75 billion, beating expectations of $23.6 billion. Uh, they are also guiding higher, which is definitely nice to see. Johnson & Johnson has been quite the laggard for a while. We've had a lot of different litigation. We had the Talca case. We've had uh, a lot of different concerns out there. And uh, ultimately, I think some of those are kind of going away. We're kind of getting some clarity as to what's going on out there. This has been a long-term hold for me. And um, I, I still think that there is a lot of value left in Johnson & Johnson. So I could potentially see buying this one. The PE is a little bit stretched, uh, but that's a lot to do with a lot of the problems that they're going through. And I, I do believe that you know once they get through these problems, we will start to see them really rebound. And that healthcare and consumer staple space is going to be uh, a safer place to be during a recession or a slowdown in the economy. And uh, you're still getting about 3% dividend. Uh, we did see, I think we got some upgrades on this one as well. Let's take a look here. We've got about 10.5% of upside. Uh, we did get uh, a buy from Raymond James at 181. And a bunch of hold ratings at uh, 167, 171, 180. But um, I do think that this one is going to be safer um, for a lot of the reasons that I just said through that healthcare, you know, portion of the economy. I still think that is going to uh, hold fairly well. Uh, if you have a couple dollars where you you want to be a little bit more conservative, I could definitely see adding to some of these different healthcare providers, you know, during these kind of times, and uh, you know averaging down should it drop. Uh, I could definitely make that argument. But uh, yeah, their, their dividend also went up as well. It went up about uh, six cents per share from uh, 113 to 119. And that is actually the 61st consecutive year that Johnson & Johnson has increased their dividend. So uh, you're getting a, uh, a healthcare stock that's going to be pretty safe. They are known for increasing their, their dividend payouts. Uh, yes, it's only six cents, but you didn't have to do anything to get that uh, that extra six cents, which is probably what four and a half percent increase. So low single digit increase on your dividend, but it's more money in your pocket for simply just holding on to the shares. Uh, we've also got uh, Lockheed coming out reporting earnings, uh, EPS of six dollars and sixty one cents, beating expectations of six dollars and six cents. A revenue of $15.13 billion, which was also a beat on a basis of $15.01 billion. So uh, another defense contractor that uh, that did well. Uh, we've got uh, Netflix. Let's, uh, let's take a look at Netflix here. And uh, they did add some more uh, users to their um, streaming service here. Let's take a look at what those numbers were. Um, from quarter one of 22, we had 221.6 million. And for quarter one of 23, we have 232 million. So about uh, roughly 11 million more users uh, coming onto the platform in the past year. We've also got uh, them rolling out the, uh, the ad supported tier, which is going to be actually beneficial to them. I did not think that this was going to help them. But uh, they actually came out and said quietly that they're actually making more money on the fact that uh, people are going to that ad-supported tier versus their typical uh, just streaming uh, tier with no interruptions, no ads. 
uh, due to the fact that advertisers advertisers are paying more to get in front of their audience. So uh, we kind of thought that that was going to be a detractor, cutting the margins and actually hurting the business when it actually turns out that uh, it's going to be a better thing for uh, Netflix going forward, which uh, could hopefully you know benefit them a bit. And uh, I'm sure some people are going to be uh, joining that tier when they ultimately get kicked off or they aren't allowed to share those passwords that they are still planning to do. I think this is all quarter or second half of the year. A lot of different movements that are going to be happening for Netflix at that point. We've also got uh, Google coming out and, uh, oh, sorry, not Google. I'm reading Google News, but I was trying to say the Apple News. Apple just opened their first store in India. So, um, you know, maybe they're not able to reinvent the iPhone, but now they're looking to gain more market share on product in other regions that they haven't really tapped yet. So uh, another thing for for Apple to go ahead and do, I believe they are also trying to start their own high interest savings account. I believe the idea came from Warren Buffett of all people, uh, believe that or not. And uh, he is apparently trying to help them do something with all the money that they have, do some more lending and things like that. That I don't even know if that was real or not, but I, I saw that one, figured I'd share it. Uh, we've got um, Morgan Stanley coming out and saying that um, Jerome Powell and the Fed probably not done with rate hikes. We could see one or two more. Uh, and some of that came from the fact that uh, inflation is actually or uh, job uh, payments, payment salaries, sorry, are actually being outweighed uh, other way around. Man, I'm I'm all messed up here. Inflation is being outpaced by salaries. Salaries are growing faster than inflation currently. So we are seeing that inflation number come down, but the job uh, salaries are actually exceeding that. So uh, more people have more spending power. They're buying more things. And uh, ultimately, that could also cause us to have another rate hike or two. So that is a lot of news to unpack. But what really, what does it all mean? Um, well, first up, I did want to say, you know, if you've got uh, some of these stocks and you're going through a rough patch or there's a little bit of bad news, uh, really wait for the earnings. You, you really don't want to, uh, you know, bet on a stock before or, uh, you know, really sell off before you really have all the news that you need to have. Maybe you want to trim, but um, uh, I think in the way of these banks in this situation, I don't really think that we would have benefited by simply selling everything off at a low on some of these tier one names, I probably would have held on. I probably would, you know, if I was an advisor, I probably would have told you, told you to add to it, not sell out. But um, maybe that's just me. Uh, so definitely think about what the long term uh, goal for these stocks is for you. And certainly think about, uh, you know, where they're going to be in three to five years. Don't just simply think about where it's going tomorrow, but uh, ultimately what it is going to do. Uh, on that long-term path. If that's what you've got these shares earmarked for, long-term gains, long-term hold, um, you really got to take a look and see if it's an opportunity or if it really is a, a sell, a time to sell, get out of the shares. And uh, you really got to you know figure that out before you go and just click sell. Uh, it's definitely painful. Uh, I know personally that uh, when, when things are going bad, it can definitely, you know, lead to some snap decisions or you see that, uh, you know, Bank of America is down. You want to get out of it and maybe, you know, buy something different. 
you really just have that plan beforehand and know what your uh, your threshold of pain is. If it's 15% down, uh, you know, mark that down, even have a limit sell order already set. And uh, if they already get there, then they're gone. You know, you don't have to think about it. And uh, sometimes that's a little bit easier to have that uh, clarity in your decisions before things actually happen and things go sideways. Know what you're going to do before, um, you know, everything gets uh, gets crazy out there. So that is definitely something that I've got here. Uh, and I could probably say the same thing for uh, NVIDIA. Uh, now, I might might get this wrong. I think it might have been HSBC. I think it might be HSBC. They, uh, I believe, went from a sell to a buy. They did a double upgrade. And uh, I, I think that's a little too too strong, right? They had this sell side when it was uh, dropping. And now that it had this monumental run, now they're saying to buy it. And uh, they do have, I believe, uh, a $355 target on this one. I'm not saying that, uh, you know, NVIDIA is, is you know, done running. Uh, these, these chips that they're making for all the AI are strong. They cannot keep up with demand and they're selling them at what, I believe $20,000 a pop on the H100s. And uh, there is a long list of weight for these chips and for these uh, processors. So I, I can see this one going up, but I would be mindful to the fact that it has just run up so strong uh, since about October when we were down in the low 100s and now we're sitting at uh, 277. So definitely uh, wait and, and get some clarity from some of these different earnings reports before you really pull the trigger. Uh, you can kind of take a, a nibble here or there. But um, they've got great growth. They've got, they are a great company. I just don't want to see anyone get burned by uh, not performing to what this hype is right now and coming back down. Same thing with Tesla. There's about a 15% um, movement anticipated in Tesla based on earnings. They did go ahead and cut the Model 3 and Model Y prices yet again. You can now get a Model 3 for under $40,000. I'm not exactly sure of that price point. It's probably 39.9 knowing knowing Elon. But um, they did go ahead and cut those prices on those two models a day before earnings. Now, uh, there's a lot of talk about hurting the margin. Uh, it might cut back on the margin a point or two. But uh, overall, I do think that they have uh, a stranglehold on the EV market. We've already heard that uh, you know Ford is going to be losing more uh, I think it's three to six billion in the next three years on trying to build out EVs, and uh, Tesla's really putting the pressure on them. They do have the uh, the scale, they do have the uh, the knowledge of EVs. They've got a lot of different benefits, and they are really pushing on this chess move to really push other people out to where it's uh, it's harder for them to operate and uh, make money when you could simply go buy a Tesla for less now than you could buy you know, a Mustang Mach-E or some of the other competitors that are out there. So um, where Ford would have to raise price in order to make some money, actually have positive revenue from their EV segment, uh, Tesla is really putting the, the pressure on them and cutting prices and trying to really maintain that market share. Um, I, I think that that is definitely a strong point. And, and it's good for pretty much anyone that... Uh, hasn't recently purchased one of these models. Uh, I know that on ours, they have cut the price on that since we've purchased. And uh, I think that could be said for anyone that purchased pretty much any automobile in 2022. A lot of these prices have come back down. 
uh, either to MSRP or below versus, you know, last year, these uh, upcharges and and market demanded price uh, increases, 10, 15, $20,000 on a lot of different vehicles. We're not seeing that as much. So um, we're definitely seeing everyone's prices on automobiles drop. uh, But I definitely think that um, we're seeing it more on that actual manufacturer level from Tesla as they don't really have that dealer model where the pricing is going to vary based on that individual dealership. So a lot of similarities through a lot of other manufacturers, but Tesla is doing it and they're making waves in the market simply by undercutting everyone else and maintaining. So um, again, with with Tesla, if this one does drop and we do get a 15% cut in uh, this share price, we're currently at 182. If we do get a drop of, uh, you know, down to like 150, I would really consider buying some more. If uh, if it does go up 15%, I would be happy with that. But uh, I will probably be sitting on my hands if it goes up. I'm not really looking to add and increase shares uh, at this point if uh, if it's not at a discount. I'm really looking for a discount going forward. And uh, I think a lot of people that have been in this one for a long time uh, could agree with me on that one. Uh, currently, there is about 20% upside on Tesla for a average price target of about a 219.15. And uh, when I look at Ford, where is Ford right now? Uh, we are currently at $12.28 on Ford, average price target of 13.65. So that's about 11% higher from here on Ford. So um, for me, I'm not really looking to purchase either, unless uh, we definitely get a cut in uh, the share prices. And uh, that is really me waiting on these earnings to know what I want to do with these shares. Uh, I'm not looking to sell Tesla either way, if it goes up or if it goes down, but I would potentially be a buyer if the stock price does drop back down to that 150 range. Uh, Ford, um, man, I don't. I, it's never really been one that I really wanted to own. Uh, you do have about a 4.7% dividend. For some reason, uh, E-Trade is telling me that there is a negative EPS. I know that they did have some losses in the EV segment, but uh, I'm not too sure if that number is accurate or not. But um, yeah, that's what I got for you guys. I know that's a lot to unravel. We talked banks, we talked uh, some chip makers, we talked automotive and EVs, and we even talked about uh, you know what happens during a hurricane to kind of relate that to uh, investing in banking stocks when things are kind of like a hurricane in the banking world. So um, with that being said, I'm going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to wrap up some of the different earnings news that we've got. And we're going to be looking at the investing challenge for uh, week 17. Somehow we are already on 17. I am not too sure where this year is going, but uh, we'll be right back and we'll uh, wrap this one up. All right, guys, we are back here. And uh, if you need some help getting started, I do have some links in the description for uh, Crypto.com, Webull, Binance, and E-Trade. There are different options at each. Uh, Webull is definitely giving out some uh, nice fractional shares for simply putting in or starting an account and putting in as little as a dollar. So that one's definitely nice. We're doing the investing challenge for uh, 23 over there on Webull. And uh, I'm using Webull for that because we can put in $200 a week. That is what I'm doing. And I've been committed to that since uh, January of 22. So we have put in $200 a week based on the the poll results uh, from our Facebook page, the Let It Grow Investing uh, podcast on Facebook. And uh, we are actually, how are we looking on that one as I am talking about that? I'm going back over to Webull. And uh, 
we're down about three and a half percent. Now, I will remind you, we started down this year, what, 15, 16 percent down. And uh, we have moved up nicely. That S&P is sitting at, uh, what, 41? Where are we at? S&P 41.55 as I'm looking at it right now. The NASDAQ and S&P are up a little bit on the day. And the Dow is actually down 88 points. Um, but what else we got here? We've got... Uh, we had some Southwest Airlines news, right? They had some problems yesterday, a bunch of delayed flights. Um, I guess some sort of problem with their their app and their firewall. They had some kind of issue with booking flights and getting people on board. Uh, so those, I think about 1,600 flights I heard were actually delayed. And now when I was out working today, I saw nothing but Southwest planes in the sky. Every time I looked up and was trying to pay attention, nothing but Southwest tails out there. So uh, they are back to flying, I guess. I don't know if they're on the regular uh, flight schedule as of now, but uh, the stock is moving up about one and a half percent today. And uh, on the five day, we did have a nice drop yesterday down to about 31.18 from about 32.57 uh, on Monday. So uh, definitely did have a, a quick sell off. Uh, again, I, I can't really go ahead and say, hey, the, the airlines are a, a great investment. Oh, man, it just seems like every time there is something good, there's immediately something bad. Like the the, the pricing and all, they couldn't really seem to really make any money with all the, uh, the airfare going through the roof last year. And it still just seems like problem after problem when it comes to airlines. So for me, uh, if you would have asked me, you know, last year, I would have probably looked at American, Delta, um, maybe Southwest, probably Southwest and maybe like Alaskan Airlines, which I think is AWK. Um, no, that's American Waterworks. I forget uh, what Alaskan Airlines is. Anyhow, those would have maybe triggered something as that uh, the prices on airfare had been going through the roof. But uh, I really just don't see a need for them in my portfolio right now. I mean, like, like I said, it just seems like problem after problem. American Airlines, we got a PE of 352, a dividend of 3%. Uh, I'm guessing earnings are really soft and the price is only at $13. So they are hanging on to pennies of earnings, even after uh, a lot of you know high priced airfare that has been out there. Uh, COVID pandemic times definitely hurt them. They're still trying to climb out of that hole and really can't seem to get it all right. So I'm not too sure what's going on there. They don't really seem so investable to me. And uh, there's a lot of other places that I would like to be. I'd rather be in aerospace and defense. Uh, maybe, yeah, I don't know about Boeing, but um, Lockheed, some of the different defense contractors that are, are making you know different engines and things like that might be a better way to go. It's just not for me. That's just kind of how I feel about them right now. But um, you know, to each their own. But um, we also had... Arbor Realty, uh, ABR, come out with uh, some some foreclosures on some of the properties that one of the, the people that they lend money to um, actually owns. It was a Houston apartment owner. They lost about 3,200 units to a foreclosure as a multifamily feels, multifamily uh, real estate feels the heat. So basically, I was reading through this article, Dow Jones, and it was pretty much saying that everyone was buying last year regardless of what the price was they thought that rates or uh, rentals were going to be going through the absolute roof as far as the uh, the cost that it was going to be in order to get uh rent we thought that that was just going to skyrocket once uh 
you know, the, the government said, hey, yeah, you can now uh, increase these uh, these rents. But what has also happened at that same time is a lot of these bought with a variable rate mortgage. So they were buying at a low point and uh, didn't really protect themselves off this uh, this interest, uh, you know, this spiking to seven, seven and a half, eight percent. And now they can't keep up with the payments and there is not as much demand for rents going higher as they previously thought. So they had to go ahead and foreclose on these. I'm definitely concerned about that going forward. Uh, ABR did drop last week on this news. This is uh, about uh, a week old. I think this was last Tuesday when this article actually came out. So they did drop on this, uh, but now today they are actually up 6%. So I'm not too sure what's going on uh, overall in that um, that real estate market for multifamily, but uh, we've seen a lot of these problems with uh, you know even MPW when we are looking at uh, the, these rental uh, prices and people not being able to pay their bills, which is ultimately hurting medical property trusts. They did have to sell off some properties in Australia in order to uh, have some capital to not worry about some of these different fears that they were going through. So there's definitely problems out there in the real estate space on that commercial level. And uh, even with multifamily, which is still commercial, but uh, residential rather than business owned or business rented. So uh, I'm definitely cautious about these at the at the moment. Uh, I know that a lot of these have some very high dividends that uh, are hard to ignore, but um, definitely be mindful getting into these. I mean, MPW is at 13.8%. ABR, uh, they are at 15.3%. So that is not without problems though. So definitely take a look at what is going on in the space before simply seeing a 15% dividend and thinking that that is safe. Uh, it is not simply that easy. And if they are not getting the money from their uh, their tenants, it is going to be major problems for these as well. So I know a couple others come out tonight and report. We will ultimately see what is going on over at some of these other ones and uh, kind of have a better idea as to, to what's going on. Uh, there are tons and tons of people uh, reporting today. We got US Bancorp, we got AT&T, we've got Alcoa. Oh man, this is just a monumental list here. I, I can't even name them all. I'm sure num some of them I have never even heard of, but uh, a long list here of what is going to be uh, coming out with earnings this week and into next week. We've got Next Era Energy. We've got Nucor, Whirlpool. There's there's quite a lot. So we'll have a lot more information to uh, go through next time. We're going to try to see how the market reacts to some of these. We've definitely got uh, a lot of stocks that were going up against some some tough comparables from Q1 last year. But uh, it, what has been said many times that Q4 of 22 was the real tough comparable against Q4 of 2021. So uh, as 22 kind of gave back some of those gains, now we have a little bit easier of a playing field, but there still are some very tough uh, comparisons year over year. So we'll ultimately see what happens there and uh, really get a sense of where the market's going to go from here. But uh, with that being said, um, week 17, let's get right into that. We've got uh, five different names. That is kind of the uh, the running theme we have here on Let It Grow is five different names that we are looking to invest in uh, at any given week. That is what we do. So uh, first up was uh, Bank of America. And this one is uh, tied for second right now. And uh, 
yeah, you've got about a 20. Well, that was a couple days old. So let's uh, let's pull up some fresh information. Bank of America, uh, it said 23%, but I know we had some uh, that earnings come out and we have had that change. I think I already said this one earlier in the podcast, but now I want to double check it. So we have about a 20.5% of upside from here. And uh, currently the dividend is sitting at uh, 2.8%. So not uh, not a bad uh, upside. And uh, you're also getting that dividend to to kind of, you know, uh, get some money rolling in quarterly from uh, Bank of America. So BAC is the first one. Uh, I definitely still like this pick for all the reasons I already talked about in the first part of the show. I don't need to uh, relive that. But um, what's up for number two? Number two is going to be Amazon. I am still very bullish on Amazon. I don't think that this one is getting... Um, you know, treated fairly. I think that this one has been pushed down with a lot of the tech stocks really has not rebounded yet. There's a lot of different things that they are going to be doing uh, that I really don't want to bet against them. Yes, retail has been uh, a tougher spot for them right now, but I think going forward, similar to Bank of America, it should rebound well. Uh, So what is the analyst research on ticker AMZN? We've got uh, about 30% of upside on Amazon for an average price target of 135.88. Number three, uh, I actually was at this one on Saturday, and that's kind of how it uh, made the cut, uh, especially after John Rahm won the Masters with Callaway Clubs. Uh, Number three for this week was going to be ticker MODG, Top Golf, and Callaway. there was a massive amount of upside on this one. Let's see how this one's performing over the past uh, couple days here. And um, we still are at uh, 59.7% of upside on uh, Mod Golf or uh, Mod G, Top Golf, Callaway brands. And um, I don't know. I definitely think that uh, this one is a good way for a lot of people that are not interested in golf to get out there and uh, kind of get introduced to the sport, have a good time. Uh, it's definitely a, a family-friendly type of atmosphere and uh, probably a good way to get more people into the game. Uh, you know, you can either bring your own clubs or they, they have clubs sitting there ready to go for you. And uh, I definitely think it was a cool experience. I'm not a golfer. I probably never will be a golfer. But, uh, you know, to go bowling every now and again, I kind of relate it to bowling. It's a similar atmosphere. Uh, you know, it's definitely by points. It's definitely competitive, but uh, family fun. So I could certainly see going back there. I'm probably not going to go back or ever go on a golf course, but this was a, a fun way to get out and, uh, you know, have some fun. So I, I definitely think that this was a good purchase for Callaway Brands, the Top Golf acquisition. And I do think that there is a, a long ramp of growth ahead of them for this uh, this Callaway acquisition or this uh, Top Golf acquisition that is. So that is number three, and that is why that that one made the cut this week. Uh, number four, and this one is in the lead currently. Let's uh, let's see your thoughts. We've got uh, CVS is going to be in the lead. Now, this one did pull back, and a lot of these stocks are undervalued, in my opinion. And that's kind of the theme of this week was undervalued names that I thought we could, uh, you know, kind of, you know, catch them when they're at that uh, that low and uh, really have them trade up from here. So, um CVS, we're, we're sitting at a PE of 24. We've got a dividend of about 3.2. Analyst research on this one. Uh, looks like we've got, uh, where are we? About 48.5% of upside. So you're getting a really nice upside here. Um, 
We just had a buy rating yesterday, Cowan and Co. at 111. We got Bank of America on Monday at 104. So two uh, new price targets from uh, since we uh, did this last episode on Sunday that are well above 100. Uh, they are, I guess, uh, right around that 45 to 48% higher from where we're sitting. Man, I, I really like this pick right here and right now. I, I definitely think that this one could... Uh, really have been oversold and we could be buying this one at a, a good time. So I'm glad to see that this one is number one. I think it's a smart choice and I think you guys are definitely spot on with your, your decision here. Uh, we've got that dividend and we got a lot of upside. So um, that is number four, CVS Health. I don't really think I need to cover everything that they do. That one's kind of self-explanatory. Uh, number five, and this one is getting no love and that is okay. That name is Zscaler. And uh, Zscaler, we've got, uh, what's the upside on this one right now? We've got uh, about 51.2% uh, of upside. So this one has been oversold. This one made it into a couple different uh, uh, pieces that I was reading that was really saying that this cybersecurity name was oversold. Uh, they are really going to be protecting a lot of information from hackers. And uh, if someone does get into uh, you know, someone's work computer, they can't simply go out and uh, take all the information off the network. It is very restricted and they view every sign in attempt as a hacker. Uh, so it does, you know, really limit access, really make sure that you've got the two factor, uh, a lot of different things going on to where people can't just simply sign in. You've got to have different credentials in order to do that. And, uh, you know, also logins from, uh, you know, you get a code on your phone, this, that, the other. There's a lot of stuff going on with Zscaler to keep the uh, the cybersecurity world, uh, you know, a safer place. So uh, it has oversold. It is not a profitable company at the moment, but uh, I did think that this one could uh, potentially be uh, a growth stock to watch and really give us, uh, you know, a little bit more uh, growth going forward than some names like Bank of America or CVS. We might not have the uh, that monumental growth, annual revenue increases that we're going to see out of some of these tech companies. So that's one of the reasons I wanted to inc incorporate uh, a different growth stock into this week as a, it was another way to really play some different stocks of, that have traded down uh, rather heavily. We did come from a high of 231 last, uh, exactly last year, uh, April 19th of last year, we were at 231. And now on this April 19th, we are at 103. So we have definitely traded down. We set the low back early this April at 98.71. So we're only about uh, $4 and some change uh, higher from that low, but uh, definitely one that has been oversold. I still think that there's a lot of demand for cybersecurity and a lot of them have been getting no love. But uh, Zscaler uh, was number five. There is currently still no love on this one on the poll. So if that is one that you want to see uh, get voted in this week, go ahead over to let it grow investing and get your votes in. But that is what I got for you guys this week. Five more stocks that I believe to be undervalued that could ultimately, uh, you know, really change our portfolios going forward. Uh, so recap bank of America, uh, BAC, Amazon, AMZN, uh, top golf Callaway, uh, ticker is mod G M O D G, uh, CVS health ticker is CVS. Z scaler ticker is ZS. So that is the five I got for you. That is um, kind of a recap of the earnings I've been seeing this far. Uh, banks are kind of coming in strong. Um, 
I, I forgot to talk about Schwab. Uh, man, they were uh, getting beat down. I'll, I'll, I'll just do a quick word here. Charles Schwab was getting beat down, and they basically came out and said, everything that everyone's bashing us for is pretty much lies. Uh, and then they backed it all up, and they have taken off on that five-day. Uh, man, on the... Uh, the 14th, we were sitting around $51. We're sitting up around $56. Uh, the PE still in the, the mid-teens at 14.7. Uh, there's a lot of different things that uh, are really looking better for Charles Schwab. It was not great, but uh, overall, they said that a lot of it was uh, kind of overblown again. So uh, I do think that Charles Schwab... Uh, is still going to be around for a while. I don't really know all the ins and outs. I haven't looked at it so close, but um, I know that it did have some some positive news uh, on Monday, and ultimately we were up 3.4% today. So we're kind of rebounding from here. Uh, I definitely heard some people interested in buying up some of this uh, this low price in Schwab. SCHW is the ticker if you're following along. About 18% of upside. Um We've got five buy ratings in the last day and um, all between 61 and 72. And uh, like I said, we're at 55. So we've got a little bit of upside from here, about uh, 18%. Um, uh, I click over to the next page and we've got another three buy ratings, uh, one hold and one sell uh, from Bank of America. But um, yeah, overall positive news for Charles Schwab and... Um, a lot of overblown fears again for this uh, banking investment company. So that's what I got for you guys. And uh, man, that was kind of rapid fire. A lot of different names in a, a shorter episode. But uh, with that being said, pay attention to those earnings that are going to be coming out. I'll be watching Tesla. I'll be posting that one up in the group. So if you are uh, on the group, you'll be getting an update. And if you're not, get over there and join the group, please. And uh, make sure to vote. So that's what I got for you guys. Thanks a lot for sticking around and uh, listening to me ramble on about Charles Schwab. And uh, I will catch you guys in the next one. Take care. Thank you for stopping by here on Let It Grow Investing. Please make sure to like, subscribe, and share to build a community of like-minded investors. If you do have questions for me or for the group, you can find us over there on Let It Grow Investing Podcast on Facebook. This is not professional financial advice. I am not a professional financial advisor. Please make sure to do all your own research before investing in any security. I do have links in the description to help get you started on E-Trade, Webull, Crypto.com, and Binance. And a friendly reminder that a goal without a plan is just a dream. So go ahead and build your plan, uh, design your portfolio, and stick to it. Thanks for stopping by. I will catch you guys in the next one.